Welcome into another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. It's Monday, February 1st, 2021, and we've done it. We're officially one month through 2021. Goodbye, January. And I mean, it was kind of a little bit of a crazy month with people storming the Capitol and with Reddit taking down Wall Street. But after 2020, I feel like that's just business as usual. And I don't know about you guys on this Super Monday. Yes, Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. I'm ready to talk about some sports and ready to talk about some football. And nothing better than to talk some football on Super Bowl week than to talk about a quarterback who's not even going to be playing in the Super Bowl. With the news of the Matt Stafford trade, and you know I've covered it pretty extensively over the past two episodes. So if you want to hear my my thoughts and takes on the Matt Stafford trade, go back to episodes number 13 and 14. I kind of break that down and give you my opinion on why I think that's going to benefit the Rams. But I want with the news of Matt Stafford training being traded and now him being off the market, other quarterbacks or now the attention is moving to probably the most premier quarterback available and probably the most premier quarterback that's ever been made available, and it's the Houston quarterbacks quarterback or the Houston Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson, it's already been made official that he wants out of Houston. I guess all of his social media pages have had the Houston Texans scrubbed from it, so it's not even mentioned that he wants to be a part of the Houston Texans. So, well, I mean, it's already known that he doesn't want to be a part of it, and even though the general manager has come out and said that he has no plans on trading uh, Deshaun Watson, I think he's going to start needing to realize that what he wants and what's going to happen is probably two different things. I know him coming to Houston probably had a lot to do with Deshaun Watson being his quarterback, but I don't think, you know, I think when the 2021 season starts, there's no way we're going to see Deshaun in a Houston Texans uniform. I think the one silver lining in this situation with Houston is they can look at the haul that Matt Stafford demanded and realize that, okay, Deshaun Watson, he's younger, you know, seven years younger than Matt Stafford, I believe, off the top of my head. And, you know, there's a lot more promise. I think he's a better quarterback, you know, arguably, like I said, the second best quarterback in my opinion, or at least the second quarter, like the quarterback I would want to start a franchise with is Deshaun Watson. You know, so if if Matt Stafford is depend, gets you know two first rounds, a third round, and a quarterback, you know I'm thinking Deshaun Watson easily gets four or five first rounders, and I don't think that's out of the question. You know, he's a generational guy. If you have Matt or not Matt Stafford, if you have Deshaun Watson on your team, you know that at least for the next ten years, you're going to have a chance to win every single game because he's that kind of a player. You know, Deshaun Watson. You know, he's proven it on every level. He's proven it in college, national champion, and he's been proven it as a professional. Now I think the only question is, you know, where is he going to go? I've heard the Jets being tossed around. I've heard the Bears being tossed around. Even here Carolina that they were apparently in on Matt Stafford. And so even though they have Teddy Bridgewater, they're in on it. So, you know, if you look at the Bears – I think that that's one that you can see totally working. It's out, it's outside of the AFC, so I could see Houston making that deal. It's a fan base and an organization that's very proud. It's our, you know Chicago. No matter how popular the Bulls are, no matter how popular the Cubs are, Chicago is a Bears town. So you know they're desperate 
to you know be more relevant in the NFC North ever since you know basically the NFC North has been the Packers division you know since the 90s and you know the Bears need to do something and I think if they could somehow pull a trade for Deshaun Watson and also kind of it would help kind of ease the 2017 draft if anyone remembers back in 2017 the Bears had the second overall pick and they had the option of Patrick Mahomes they had the option of Deshaun Watson but they decided to go with Mitch Trubisky you know I think and that's one of the things I think has kind of haunted Mitch Trubisky's career I don't think he's necessarily a terrible quarterback I would take Trubisky over a handful of other quarterbacks in the league but I think when you're judging him through the lens of you could have had you know two of the best quarterbacks of this current generation I think that's what Trubisky gets a lot of heat so you never know maybe the Bears go out get Deshaun Watson and kind of remedy that mistake that they made you've got the Jets who have the second overall pick in this upcoming draft there are you know pretty much considered the second team in New York City you know in New York you've got I feel like there's kind of like the most, you know, the, I had a buddy who lives in New York and he says that there's mostly, you know, the, the, you know, Yankee fans, our Knicks fans, our Giants fans, and they're considered kind of like the premier, you know, team of the city. And, you know, the Jets kind of being in that, you know, that second tier along with like, you know, the Mets, the Islanders, the, you know, the, the net, the, the Brooklyn Nets. So the Jets, you know, if they can get Deshaun Watson, it would be a premier player that would immediately make them, I guess, more relevant than the Giants, and especially in the probably the biggest market in the United States. And if it's the biggest market in the United States, it's arguably the biggest market in the world. You know, Deshaun Watson being there, that would be huge. You know, the Jets haven't won a Super Bowl since the Joe Namath uh, era. They haven't been relevant in about a decade when Mark Sanchez was the quarterback and Rex Ryan was the coach. So definitely New York Jets, they, you know, they could really use Deshaun Watson. And then if you look at Carolina, the team that's been thrown around a lot, um, I don't know about a lot, but I feel like it's been mentioned with the Stafford trade talks and now with the Deshaun Watson trade talks. The idea of Deshaun Watson in that Carolina offense would be, it's, 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 it's so tantalizing. You got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, and Deshaun Watson being able to work there. You know, even though this is in North Carolina, he went to Clemson and South Carolina, so he's, you know, he's familiar with that part of the country. So, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, it's going to be pretty, you know, interesting to follow where he's going to end up. Definitely going to probably be reporting on all the rumors over the next, you know, week or so. I don't anticipate him being in Houston much longer, but you never know. So we'll have to keep an eye out and see. Switching gears to the teams that actually are going to be playing on Sunday. I want to be able to talk about the Chiefs and if they're actually vulnerable. When you watch them play against the Buffalo Bills, a lot of people were thinking that the Bills maybe had a shot with Josh Allen. He seemed to be balling with Stephon Diggs and, you know, their defense is capable and just it seemed like they were an inspiring team. You know, Bills Mafia as a fan base, it seemed like, it almost seemed mythical that, you know, these dudes, they, they're a fan base that just jumps through tables. It's almost just, it's more fun to even watch, rather than watching them successfully go through a table, it's fun to watch Bills fans eat shit on the tables. But either way, it felt like, okay, maybe the Bills, this will be their year. Alas, 
they had no shot. It was a 14-point game, but I felt like 14 points was makes the game sound closer than it really was. So with that being said, though, can the Chiefs lose on Sunday? And I think that the recipe is there for them to lose. I mean, if you had gave me gun to my head and said, Dean, pick a who's going to win on Sunday, I'd probably go with the Chiefs. But one of the things that, you know, that news from the, the Buffalo game that I think is pretty key and a lot of people aren't talking about as much is the injury of their left tackle, Eric Fisher, on the Chiefs. You know, he's a star left tackle. He was someone that was taken in the first round. And being able to protect Mahomes' blind side is huge, especially against a team like Tampa Bay where, you know, a lot of people, you know, especially Tom Brady haters, like to say that it's the defense that's been carrying them this far. You know, not trying to, not even giving credit to the Tampa Bay offense. But that being said, it's like that is a really good defense. It's an elite defense. It's one of the top defenses in the league, and they're going to be bringing pressure on Kansas City the whole the whole night. And if you look, a tough defense is what you need to be able to beat Kansas City. In the nine games that I mentioned, I, I think I mentioned the stat before in previous episodes, but Patrick Mahomes has only lost nine games, and teams have to score about an average of 35 points to do it. And then also, Eric Fisher has only been has been injured and missed six games in Mahomes' career, and Mahomes is three and three in the games that this guy has missed. So not having that protection is a big thing, and I feel like it's gonna it could potentially hinder the Chiefs' offense. I'm not really worried. I'm not not really. I'm not worried at all about. Patrick Mahomes' turf toe. I feel like if that was going to be an issue, it would have been an issue against the Buffalo Bills, and you never would have known that he had an issue with his toe. So I'm not really looking at that. What I am looking at is I think that Tampa Bay's defense can keep it close. And because if you look at last Super Bowl, San Francisco held the Chiefs to 10 points through three quarters. And then it was the Chiefs scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter that put the game away. So the game, even though I think the Chiefs scored, I think it was like 30 points over like or 31 points. Um, you know, they only got 10 through the first three quarters. So they can be slowed down. And, you know, if Tampa Bay can do that, the difference between Tampa Bay and San Francisco is like, you know, Tom Brady's the quarterback for Tampa Bay. So I think that if they, you know, if they can keep the Chiefs offense at bay, Tampa Bay, no pun intended, actually has a real shot. So I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion. I think if any of your buddies are telling you, like, I'll oh, put all your money on the Chiefs or anything, I think that you could put some confidence if you can find some good odds uh, on Tampa Bay. I definitely wouldn't count them out little fun fact I saw I'm not sure if anyone has seen it on social media but it's been floating around for the past couple days or past few weeks since Tom Brady got in the Super Bowl for the 10th time but Tom Brady has been in the Super Bowl 47% of the time of his career so almost 50% of his career he goes to the Super Bowl and if you look compared to Stephen Curry's three career three-point percentage at 43% and he's arguably the greatest three-point shooter of all time, Tom Brady is more likely to go to Super Bowl than Steph Curry. So that's, that's a little fun fact for all you Tom Brady fans, you Buccaneer fans, and even more importantly, you Tom Brady haters. So I love it. I love seeing stats like that. It just shows his greatness, and I love to revel in the crying and the, the cheating allegations of Tom Brady because when you're that great, 
all people have to do, all people have left to do is to accuse you of cheating. And it wouldn't be an episode of the Cali Green Monster Show if we didn't have the obligatory Red Sox talk. So at the beginning of the morning, you know, I was up early and I was trying to look up what I would talk about for the Red Sox. And I was originally going to mention how Theo Epstein is kind of back with the Red Sox in a way. So if anyone that know Theo Epstein is the old general manager for the Red Sox when they won the World Series in 04 and 07. Growing up as a you know as a Red Sox fan, he's a big deal. I remember he, he he was really young when he was hired as the GM, and they they considered him called him like the boy genius. So, you know he's a really important guy in sports. He went and took the the front office position with the Chicago Cubs. You know was there when the Chicago Cubs broke their curse in 2016. So you know Theo Epstein's like a big guy in this in the baseball world. Um, he left the Chicago Cubs of this past season with a lot of speculation. People thought he was going to go be president of baseball operations with, with some part ownership with Steve Cohn and the New York Mets. But he actually decided to take a position in the commissioner's office and with lots of people speculating that he made that move to eventually be able to move, make a move for MLB commissioner, which I could totally see Theo Epstein doing. But... In addition to taking a position in the commissioner's office, he's also taking a consulting role with a kind of an investment group out of called Arctos. And they're basically a company that takes passive stakes in franchises and sports franchises. They have about like $950 million that they invest in sports franchises and stuff. They were established in 2019 and they've already invested in the Fenway Group who owns the Boston Red Sox and Liverpool, the English Premier League. So even though that Theo Epstein, he's not officially back, but you know he's almost back in some sort of consulting role. But alas, that's not the only bit of obligatory Red Sox news. There was actually some huge news that was announced today. I mean, it was one of those things that it wasn't surprising when it came out, but it was still breaking news nonetheless. And that was the longtime second baseman, Dustin Pedroia. He announced his retirement from the Red Sox after 14 years, all 14 years with the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox recently, just last week, signed Kike Hernandez from the Los Angeles Dodgers, and he looks like he'll be filling in second base from here on out. Dustin Pedroia is my favorite Red Sox of all time, Red Sox player of all time. He was a rookie in 07, rookie of the year, AL MVP in 08. He won three World Series with the team, multiple gold gloves, multiple all-star. You know, I love Dustin Pedroia because he was like an average sized dude. Like, I'm not sure exactly how tall he was, but I feel like he was like 5'8, 5'9. Like, so he was kind of like my height. So when you watch this guy play, it almost felt like, okay, what it would be like to, for me to be out there playing against these pro dudes. He was someone that every single day, every single play, you could see was giving 110%. He would leave everything out there. I, that's why I feel like he has to retire at 37. I mean, the past four or five years of his career has just been issues with his knees and everything. He was talking about when he was trying to be in shape for the 2020 season. One day, his knee was just the size of a basketball, and it was just completely tore up. And basically, he had to retire due to having a partial knee replacement. I was listening to his press conference today with the Boston media, and he was saying that, you know, at least he's pain-free from now on, and he doesn't have to ice his knee all day just to be able to walk. But he won't be able to run moving forward. And, you know, that's sad, but um, it seems like he was someone who was at peace. 
he was in very good spirits during the press conference. And, you know, it would be sad to see him go, but I think that his post-baseball life is going to be, you know, he's going to find a way to make it as special, if not more special, than his actual playing career. You know, he was, you know, his nickname, I don't know if a lot of people know, unless you're a real Red Sox fan or a deep Red Sox fan, he, he would go by the laser show. And it's because uh, when he first got called up that first month or so, you know, he's a short second baseman. He wasn't doing good as a rookie. He was kind of slumping to start his career. The notorious hard uh, Fenway fans booing him. And then, you know, eventually Dustin Pedroia heated up, won Rookie of the Year. Red Sox won a World Series. And I remember he was giving an interview a few years after, and they were asking him about his struggles. And he was just talking about, you know, when I first came up, I was struggling. Everyone was booing me, trying to boo me back to the minors. And then, and get, then guess what happened? Laser show. That's what he was. You know, to me, he's an inspirational baseball player. He's someone that I'm going to definitely tell my son about, if, you know, especially if he plays baseball or whatever he plays, soccer, hockey, that it doesn't matter your size. It's just that grit and determination, and that's what you need to excel at all levels and not just sport, but in life as well. So I look forward to Boston Red Sox putting number 15 in the rafters. There's, he's definitely going to get his number retired by the Red Sox. You know, he's played there over 10 years. He retired as a Red Sox. Um, I think he's a Hall of Fame second baseman. I think he was the best second baseman of his generation. You can argue Robinson Cano, but that guy did fucking steroids, so fuck him. Anyways, so that was obligatory Red Sox talk. That was a Cali Green Monster show number 15. I'm halfway to the 30 episodes I wanted to do in 30 days. I'm pretty pumped with that. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now Google Podcasts. So, um, yeah, subscribe, rate five stars, and I appreciate all the support. Until next time, have a good one, people. Peace.